What's up, guys? This is the In The Zone podcast hosted by Sam Sherbin and Max Cho. Now, Sam and I met a few years ago at the Bowery Hotel in New York City. And there we had a conversation that would lead us on a long journey. How can we best humanize the individuals behind some of your favorite records? Now, myself as an artist manager and Sam as a mixing engineer, we felt passionately for the need to humanize these stories, to humanize the individuals behind the boards who are responsible for crafting the songs that have become the soundtracks to your lives. We want to use this podcast as a platform for telling those stories. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the In The Zone podcast. Welcome to the In The Zone podcast with uh, Sam Sherbin and Max Cho. We have our second guest, Joey Rias, multi-platinum mixer and producer for Run The Jewels, Travis Barker, and Killer Mike. And we welcomed him to the show. Welcome, Joey. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how's that? How was everything going out there? Oh, everything's good. Good, good. Staying, uh, staying as busy as possible, <laughs> and uh, you know, staying healthy. How about yeah. you guys? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, also, a New Yorker, so everything is good. It's just taking it day by day for creative people. It's uh, it's real tough because you know. Corona, you know, makes things worse, makes things better. Different parts of the country is out of control. So it is a... It's all... Yeah, everyone's kind of like... Everyone's kind of like, you know, trying to feel the pulse out, you know, with with, the industry and like what's going to happen next. And, you know, there's um, there's just a lot of unknown out there. So you got to kind of just take it as it comes. Yeah, I agree. I feel like you it know, really, really varies, man. It's, I think, yeah, in various yeah. corners of the business. You know, some people are saying we're making lots of music and we're staying busy. And then you have the other half. It's like, uh, well, you know, things could be a lot better now, but we're trying. Yeah. I mean, things are so, like, you know, I've been lucky, uh, you know, to still have a bunch of stuff coming through and whatnot. And, um, but, you know, and, you know, I had some good, you know, taking advantage of, uh, you know, some periods of uh, downtime because it's like I never get to do any tech stuff. And, um, you know, I just put together a new uh, uh, Pro Tools rig and that kind of thing. And, you know, th- th- sometimes I just, you know, a lot of times I buy all this shit and like all of a sudden I'm on these records and um, it just sits like in the corner for like, you know, months and months and <laughs> finally get and then and then when i'm done with the record i don't want to even see shit so then it just sits there even longer and then something else comes <laughs> it's like a year later i you know decided to make the thing but um yeah, yeah it's it's all crazy I, I i think like the um you know i think kind of like the you know the top of the food chain which i think is going to be the biggest um thing to to get figure out how to get moving and it's going to be a tough one you know is just the uh the touring you know the touring is kind of like what feeds this industry i think now more than anything because you know with you know album sales you know it's all streams and whatnot so you're getting like you know the 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 revenue for the artists and you know that trickles down to everything right like production to mixing engineers and you know, most most bands, a lot of you know, most of the groups bands I work with, you know, they make their money, uh, you know, touring. They make that's where that's where their big papers coming from, and um, 
uh, that's deaded right now, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it, it, you know, that you're going to, I think that wave is going to start hitting the industry at some point where it's just like, you know, and, and, uh, you know, a lot of artists, you know, especially in the indie front or whatever, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're, um, like they say, you know, keep your powder dry. They're trying to like, not, you know, they don't know when the tour is touring is going to start. So it's not like they want to go spend yeah. a bunch of money, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky time and hopefully they figure stuff out and, and can and at least get that ball rolling and start having touring happening and, and, and whatnot. But you've been seeing like a kind of some crazy stuff, like, you know, these like four, I'm not a gamer, you know, but it's like, you see like these Fortnite concerts and shit. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Scott yeah. made like a half million. No, yeah, like half million on his Fortnite concert or some shit like that. Something yeah, outlandish. Crazy. That's the other. The positive thing is like you know, I think we're all survivors, so it's gonna something's gonna get you know the things get figured out. You know, it's like I think you know humans in general figure out their you know you sh you know think shift. I mean, you've seen like a lot of pivoting now towards like uh, you know Twitch and this and that and you know people getting out there doing different things with social media and you know that's like you know so there's there's definitely stuff happening but you know as soon as the as soon as they figure this thing out and you could start you know having these bands and groups and you know uh start their start their touring um i, I think that's going to start everything kick everything back off but you know big time i agree yeah um you you did say um, technology and, and starting up your rig. Is that how you started in the business? Were you more of a, a person that was into electrical engineering or computers? How was your starting into the music business? Was it yeah. via technology? Yeah, like my like I came into this like a different way um, uh, than I think like typically I would say, but um, I came in through like a tech way where, you know, you know, I was always into, I was always, you know, into electronics since I was a kid, I was always in, um, you know, played in bands and I was always doing recordings and, you know, that kind of thing. And I was always interested in the, um, you know, the electronics and doing little modifications, not knowing what I was doing, you know, breaking a lot of shit, um, you know, and then I, I, you know, learned a bit more and, uh, and then, like you know, fast forward, you know, I I, I wound up going to uh, um, school in um, Miami, University of Miami. Had this, it was almost like a too good to be true program where it was like, it was um, music engineering and electrical engineering. It was like a, it was like an extra year or something like that, or a year and a half. But you ended up like getting an actual uh, electrical engineering degree, like Bachelor of Science, and also. But the, the cool thing is, like, you know, you could do your main study on, like, uh, audio electronics, you know. So it was it was kind of like, you know, I wasn't um, – I was doing double E, but I wasn't learning how to, like, eventually make, you know, microwaves or anything. I was actually, like, doing, like, um, working on compressors and figuring out how the shit worked. And they had a dope studio there. They had – that school got good grants, and they had a uh, – they were actually building a new studio – uh, um, you know, multi-million dollar room, like when I was there for my like last year and a half. So I actually got to, uh, work on, you know, building a room and wiring and, and, 
and it was really cool. And, and also that school had a lot of good, um, it's like a top, it's like a top, uh, uh, music performance school. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was just like flooded with ridiculous musicians, like, and, uh, uh, which was just a great source of, uh, of, uh, of, um, you know, to work with. So, you know, we were constantly just, you know, doing recordings and just setting up little makeshift studios and rooms when the studios weren't ready. And then I wound up actually getting a job at, um, uh, like I think my second year, I forgot what, what year it was, but, uh, I wound up getting a job at, uh, uh criteria, criteria studios, recording studios, um, criteria studios, which is in Miami. It's now the hit factory, Miami. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of my teachers uh, at uh, Miami uh, UM was um, uh, like a part-time tech there, Clyde Clyde Hagler, who's a dope, dope guy, and he um, super smart dude also. And, and uh, I uh, wound up uh, he wound up getting me into there, and I wound up getting in as a tech and starting to work at Criteria. So that was kind of cool. That's how, that was my first like you know venture into like a real studio which was, uh, which was, which was cool. And, um, yeah. And going in as a tech is awesome. You know, it was like, uh, I got to, um, uh, you know, hang with the assistants who were doing the typical assistant thing, but I, I was also, uh, um, learning a lot of stuff and learning all the consoles you know, they had all the major, uh, uh recording consoles there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning how all that stuff worked. My first like hands-on working with the SSLs uh, and the Neves and that kind of thing. And um, we also would get, I also got a lot of uh, recording time there, which was awesome. Uh, uh, so at night when a room wasn't being used, I'd call some of my friends up and we get to play over there. And, and you know, I, I got to do my first recordings, just experimenting and stuff like that. So I really learned a lot, you know, with that uh, gig at uh, Criteria. That was dope. It was a dope experience there in Miami. Yeah, that that, that kind of reminds me of uh, Andrew Shep's way that he got in through the Synchrovir, where he was doing uh, computer work on there, on that uh, synthesizer, and got into the rooms at the Hit Factory in New York for the Michael sessions. Oh, dope. dope yeah, dope, yeah. Dope, that, yep. That's that's how, you know, uh, another famous mixer got into the business. You know, I feel like as long as you're in the room, and you show capability and curiosity and just uh, good people skills, you're going to fairly do well no matter what position you're in. But yeah. always understand, you know, you're there to help and know your role, whichever role that you have, and then slowly build up trust and build up um, things. But did you feel like having your technical background, you were um, more in control of, like, the console and the session flow, because that's a lot to do it, make or break for sessions, at least from my perspective. It's- uh, yeah, well, yeah, the tech stuff helped uh, definitely. And like, I learned a lot from the assistants on the, uh, the, those sessions in terms of like, you know, you know, how to, how to, um, you know, uh, the whole people skill part of dealing with artists and, and stuff like that. You know, the, the tech stuff was good. I mean, that was kind of like a little one click more like internal. So that, that didn't like help as much like um, with uh, running the sessions. It, you know, I, it, I guess it did teach you like troubleshooting, which is always like one of the 
I think one of the most important skills to have um, as a, as a, an engineer in, in a session, how to like get things, figure out solutions quick, yeah. you know? And um, so that, 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 that background definitely helped and, um, and whatnot, but it was, uh, it was just a good experience. There was, it was, you know, it was cool. Like going into the rooms when the sessions were over, you know, when I was doing tech stuff and, you know, Tom Dowd was working there at points and I got to go in and just, you know, I'm like, Oh dope. That's a signal chain for this. Oh, this is his base, you know, and just to kind of just like go in and like, just, just peep stuff and, 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 um, uh, you know, see how like, you know, you know, producers like, you know, like Tom Dowd and stuff were working and you know, how he was getting sounds and just, just from like a technical standpoint, you know, and, and, and what, and what not just, you know, bear, you know, how signal chains and stuff like that, you know, actually doing stuff was a different story, but you know, it was, it was definitely a cool, uh, cool experience out there. That's kind of like what got me, you know, into really, you know, dug into the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, how long were you at Criteria and what was your next steps after doing that? I think I was at Criteria. I did there. I was there for about three. Most of the time I was in university of Miami. I think first year I was not maybe three years there. And I, I wound up, staying over the summer so i was like full-time at criteria summers and uh which was you know summer in the miami was just crazy so hot but mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want to do that again but yeah about three years then like i um uh when i was done with miami there were um you know i was just checking out where, where my next move would be and they actually had a um um i decided to look you know uh just especially because you know i was in 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 the in, in the uh, in the red crazy from Miami uh, tuition and shit, I was going to get a job with uh, uh, you know an, a double E job type of music. You know, I, I was looking at the music companies. You know, I, went, I remember that AES. I went out to all the companies and like with my you know resume or talked to people. You know, made face contact and I wound up getting a, taking a job with um, Apogee Electronics in California in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. um, and apogee also was you know bob integrated with uh the company you know mm-hmm. so um it was like the best of both worlds because i got to work at apogee designing electronics we we, we you know we, we we have like such an insane test bed of uh of people to try out shit on like you know you you would design a circuit and you'd be able to run over to the bob studio and plug shit in and have different people listen to it and it, it was really cool then you know that's where i developed a, a relationship with bob and uh and um and and you know he he was great he's he's a great guy i'm still friends with him and he's um you know it's a great guy to be able to see how they're working and bounce questions off of and and um you know just you know bob's a he's one of the engineers who you know i try to take a a page from like you know he'll you know he has no problem explaining to you how he did something or, uh, you know, from a technical standpoint, he's not one of these guys that like hide his, uh, you know, hide his settings and shit like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So he's, he's definitely very open cause he, he gets it, you know, that's the whole thing. It's settings. It's just like, you know, that only gets you like, you know, I don't know, 20% of what, you know, yeah, you have to know what you're going to do. You have to hear what you're going to do before, you know, the settings really up. So it's like, you know, it's, it's more of like why you did something than like what the settings are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's- and, um, 
so he was a great source of knowledge. So it was great. And, you know, I was out, out in L.A. I, I, I made friends with a lot of really great musicians. I played in a band out there and um, did a lot of recording at night and um, got to, you know, do some uh, uh, Bob let me do some mixes in his studio when he was out of town. And, um, you know, so I used that, the, his, you know, mix this room out there. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was another great, you know, um, learning experience. And then the, it was just the, um, I hit a point where I, it was weird, you know, it's like, I was just like, you know what, I just want to work on music full time. And, um, and, uh, and then, you know, I wanted to get back to New York also. Mm -hmm. it was a weird thing like you know people were like you're crazy and like, I can look back on it I'm like oh man that was a that was some fucking move I made I mean I don't know what I was thinking but <laughs> at the time I was like <laughs> yeah. you know I was like uh, I was like because it was really comfy man I was just like you know I was in my 20s and I was making really good money and hanging with people you know and I, I could have easily like kicked it into like you know kicked it into coast and, 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 and chilled, you know, <laughs> but for some reason I wanted to like get into like, uh, I was living on the beach, you know, in a condo. It was crazy. It was just like, and I, and I was like, you know, I want to get back to New York and I packed it up and, and, and pursued, um, just pursued getting into music full time, you know, that's incredible making records. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things where I was just like, this is dope. And I loved all the people out there and I, and I still love those guys at Apogee and I love Bob and Betty but um, you know, I just wanted to, uh, to to do something new for a little bit, also, and um, so I just, you know, I just did it. You know, I guess when you're that age, you don't think things uh, through as much. You know, <laughs> I resonate. I resonate with that part of your journey quite a bit because, I mean, number one, I know that you already have context on this, but Sam is at an interesting point in his life where you know he wants to to move to LA. And then I'm, I'm a guy who's four years in New York for college. And I tell Sam this all the time is like, I want, I want to get back to New York and I'm, I'm in my early 20s now. So yeah. it's, it's interesting how, how different points in your life, you're, you know, your heart is telling you to be in one place at a certain time. And it's important to follow that feeling. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of like, you, you know, like I said, it was kind of a thing and it was, um, you know what, it, it, it was almost like I needed like a, um, I needed the pace of New York in my life at that point. You know, hmm. it, it was like the, like the, like the LA vibe. It was like chill. I mean, you'd wake up, like I said, I lived on the beach. I'd walk, you know, everyone's like rollerblading. It was like, you know, and I was like, I was fine, like with, with money wise. And it was just like, and I remember like the years were like clicking by, man. And it was just like, fuck, I could be, I'm going to be like, I could just like, you know, next thing I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss this window. And like, um, you know, those are like valuable years, you know, like your, your, mm -hmm. your, your, your 20s are like, you know, those are like some serious years. And, you, you know, I just felt like I had to make a move and I felt like the New York pace of things, you know, I needed it at that point. I needed to like, just like, you know, it's like slamming a cup of coffee, you know, <laughs> I, you know, and, and, and I was also really interested in always have been, I, I've always been drawn, drawn to like, um, uh, you know, urban music and, you know, R&B and hip hop and, and stuff like that. And that was the spot. There was dope stuff, you know, on the, on the, the West coast, of course, it's cool how, how like different sounds, but I was just kind of into feeling that East coast sound and that, and that, that kind of just pulled me there. And, you know, my family was there too, but sure. it, it was, uh, it was, um, 
it, it was cool. Yeah. And I went and, you know, after a couple, after I got back to New York, I, um, I, um, happened to try to think how, how the intro happened, but I got into, um, it's funny listening to your first podcast. I, you know, I never even mentioned this to Stu after, cause I never knew that about Stu. And I, I, I talked to him a few days ago and I forgot to mention it. Like the first like foray into like working on music in New York after, you know, leaving the LA, uh, uh vibe was, um, I was working with turntablists, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my first thing I was working with. Um, there was this label called table turns. Um, and it was like a label. These guys, these two guys started, um, that, uh, it was specifically, uh, uh, focused on turntablists, you know, and they, they had like, um, the executioner signed who, who was a dope, you know, turntable group and all these guys, rolly roll. Uh, it was, it was just, a, it was a, it was something I really didn't even know fully existed to that extent. And I was kind of like, I was kind of just like all of a sudden in the middle of it working with these guys. And I was just like, that really got me hooked on, um, on the whole like New York hip hop, uh, yeah. hip hop scene. Cause those guys, and you know what, it was crazy too, which was, I, which I just loved. It was like, I came from, it was such a contrast cause I came from in LA. I was, uh, you know, I was working at, um, working with Apogee and then I was hanging with Bob and hanging with his assistants. And it was such a, um, uh, um, at that point, I forgot what years they were, but it was one of those points where everything was so uh, like levels and shit like that, especially when you were recording, everything had was so meticulously perfect because it, it was at that, at that time where, um, you know, you had a, like the, the recorders, it was kind of pre almost like pre pro tools. Like, so everyone mm-hmm. was still recording to 3348s. Like Bob had two, I think 3348 HRs. And um, so, it, you know, your levels and stuff to get like the digital, the sound good when you're printing, it was like this very, you know, everything was really, uh, um, uh, really perfect, you know, in a way it was very, you know, calibrated, I guess is a good word, you know, and um, um, I got to New York and, I, and I, I went to the studio with these guys who were in Brooklyn and I started working with them and like, I heard this, the dopest sounds. It was like, what, what, you know, and then. I remember talking to one of the guys. I don't know if it was one of the guys with the executions, but one of the turntable. And I was just like, hi, the sound is ridiculous. What are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just, you know, doing this. And, you know, I remember looking at the meters and everything was just fucking slammed. You know what I mean? It was like, it was <laughs> yeah. like, it was, it was just like, but it sounded ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was such, it was, there was such feel and it was such uh vibe to it. And such, and it was like, it was like the, uh, you know, the other end it was like just as dope as the la stuff but it was like this is like this was like you know you know hip there weren't any rules you know what i mean it was just like it was just like oh yeah this is the snare and it's like you know it's like slowing this record down like grinding it like pulling it backwards slamming it into this like you know turntable mixer with the with the you know the bass cranked up and this printing it and that would and i'm like and it sounded ridiculous you know and i was like oh fuck this is fucking, this is like yeah. the shit. I mean, these guys are just like making these sounds like these dope, in, you know, and it was, um, yeah. And I just kind of like, that was it for me, man. I was hooked. I was just like in, 
in the lab with these dudes and just like working on these uh these early turntablist records and stuff like that and that's how that's crazy. yeah 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 it was just dope it was dope and it's uh, and um you go to any any turntable battles oh yeah oh yeah when i was working with those guys i remember like and if you look it up if you google this i think you could even still find shit on ebay um the the label was called table turns and um yeah. And if you just throw it into Google, like table turns, like, you know, turntable is labeled, blah, blah, you, they, they, they had like a few big, they've ho- they hosted and set up a few, um, uh, big battles like every year, you know, they used to have some at the limelight and, um, you know, the skill these guys had was just phenomenal. It was just so, it was so like musical and dope and, you know, it was like, the precision and the technicality was off the charts, but it was also the feel and like how these guys were swinging shit. And it was just, it was just, you know, it's just ridiculous skill. It's like, you know, it's just like, you know, the only way you get like that is hours and hours and hours and hours of practice. And then, and then, and these guys would trade off at one each other, like, you know, crews like the executioners. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but if you go, you know, if you look them up, these guys are just amazing. I mean, just really, really amazing. Just, you know, you, you would just look at that. And this is like pre, you know, Serato, pre all that stuff. This is like, you know, these guys are rocking 1200s mm. and a mixer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Did they, were you collecting records at the time? Oh, yeah. When, yeah. When you started, you know, brushing shoulders with these guys, do you still collect records? I don't collect records, but I, I, um, I definitely have, a ton of records and you know um i think they're in storage now and uh you know one of these days i'll set up a little vinyl uh listening area i still like vinyl i still love you know i still listen to vinyl and whatnot so still have it but you know i definitely appreciate it it just became uh you know at that point i was you know living in the city moving from studio to studio and it, it, it became just like a, uh, it, it was like a weight issue. <laughs> it was like a size and yeah, exactly. it was like a size and weight. I'm like, Oh fuck, it's time to move the records. And it was just like, uh, you know, but the, my, my friend, uh, Danny, Danny's one of the owners of, of, uh, was one of the, you know, the guys who started table turns. Uh, he still has got, he still has, uh, I see shots of uh, him on Instagram still. And he, he, he has a wall of records in this, in this spot too. And you know these these dudes are way more meticulous. I mean, you go to his spot now, and the shit's just like I don't know how he has it categorized now, but it's just perfect. You know, everything's in a slip cover. It's just, um, it's you know, yeah. it's just it's just great stuff. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, you know, with that time of turntableism and learning how these guys made records, did that help inform your mixing approach with um, with Run the Jewels? Because I, I I hear a lot of that intricate detail in the mixing of their records with the samples and the drums and just the grittiness, the vibe is so spot on. And I, and I can imagine that that helped you a lot and formed your ear on how those records should sound and feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, you know, L LP is like, you know, he's, he's the production wise, you know, the, the, you know, driving force with that stuff. And, you know, but it like, if I didn't have that, that, that experience, me starting that way, definitely started tuning my brain and having me listen in, in, in a certain way to things, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and understanding things in that kind of feel, that kind of grit, 
like with the drums and you know and uh you know actually it's like you know you know for run the jewels stuff and the stuff i really like working on like recording uh bands in la hanging with bob and stuff which was more of like a rock focused you know that um Mm -hmm. you know just with all the instruments because everything was more you know instruments and uh back then you know in la and, and that helped me um like the run the jewels is like a merge of both those things. So it was kind of weird. It was kind of crazy. Cause like, I think I find without my LA experience and like also with Bob, like learning how to like listen to a vocal real well. And, and, mm-hmm. and cause Bob was so good with the vocals and to also, and just like, you know, learning how to like mix a vocal and, and ride a vocal and then, and then, you know, dr- you know, analog, you know, acoustic drums and, and bass and stuff like that. You know, run the jewels and LP in general, production-wise, it's a combination. You know, it 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 has all that. You know, it has, you know, his stuff has this, you know, drum player, you know, acoustic drums on it, and drum, and then you know, program drums, and then synth bass and live bass, and, and so it's 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 his stuff is like, you know, the whole the the whole shebang. You know, it's like everything, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, so yeah, yeah. Just thinking about it, just saying it now for the first time. I think that the LA experience working in that genre combined with coming back to New York and working on, um, you know, the, this kind of like all of a sudden being thrown into this super raw hip hop, like definitely um, got my brain like you know, you know, my ears listening and combining these things. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I think I said that that's the tricky part working with someone like L is, is, uh, uh, you know, there's a balance between like the acoustic stuff and the, the electronic stuff, you know? Right. That's so interesting. It's your, your story is one, a tale of two cities. And secondly, it's, it's about basically like fusing design principles, if you will. Right. When you were working with Bob and you started to find a mentor in him, it sounded like, what he was teaching you was, was philosophy yeah. and this, both the cities shaped your philosophy in some, some way, shape or form. How, how would you describe your philosophy in, in, in doing what you do in your profession? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, the philosophy, I guess, is like just getting, which, which I guess is you know, the same with Bob and so just getting the, getting the, you know the message across that's in the that's that you know is what the song is you know like you know song is saying something and it's you know it's saying things with like the instruments and also lyrics and like you have to like right you have to get those things working together i remember bob it's like you know it's you know i remember him you know with the lyric sheet in front of him and uh and it was very important you know to to, to 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 understand the song before he even threw faders up, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know what is what's the what's the message here, and you know I think you know that um, you know right right from there before you hear anything you're already you know painting a picture in your head about like what you kind of you know what direction or how aggressive you want to be or you know you know what you want the uh, what you want these things to sound like, which I think is a, it's an important thing. You know, the way I try to do things too, is like, you know, 
uh, if you could, you know, read lyrics or understand a song before you hit play or listen to the rough, it's kind of nice because, you know, you, it's like a blank canvas at that point, you know? Um, yeah. You, you're reading lyrics and you're, and you're kind of, oh, dope. Oh, man, the hook was wow, ill. And then you hit play and you listen to the rough. But, you know, if you listen to the rough first or whatnot, you, you know, once you hear something, you can't unhear it. You know what I mean? So you're already biased from the first time you hear the rough. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing, you know? It's a... Haunted this one. We'll never forget yep. the ice cream truck <laughs> The ice cream truck, yeah. I tried to, to get past it, but it literally caught up to me. It's, um, wow, he's, uh, yeah. um, you know, you just, when I was, uh, first of all, I'm glad, I'll cut out the ice cream truck, yeah. First of all, I'm glad the ice cream truck's still making its, its rounds with this COVID shit. Second of all, you just reminded <laughs> me, when I was living in Greenpoint, when I was in Brooklyn, there was this dope ice cream man, and it, it, he, the, the dude actually had it, I guess you could feed it whatever, like, to play those, I don't know how the mechanism works to play the chimes, but this yeah. dude would come around and he'd play. He'd be he'd be playing Dio like Rainbow in the Dark with Ice Cream Man uh, uh, sounds, and it was the, it was the best shit ever. And I'm so pissed I'd never recorded that shit on my phone. Oh, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. You, you would be like you'd be walking down like um, you know Driggs, and you hear you hear like boom doom boom dee boom doom boom 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 dee boom doom boom dee. I'm like I'm like I, I remember talking to my. Uh, my wife I, uh, at the time, you know, or I don't know if she was my girlfriend or wife, but I was, I was, uh, I was like, is that Dio? You know? And I'm like, I'm like the fucking ice cream man is playing Dio. Like we have to live here for a long time, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The, the virtues of living on Long Island. Yep. Yep. Well, exactly. But yeah, that is hilarious. But anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a, that was what we were saying before. It's like the you know nice approaches, like understanding the song and you know lyrics are a big part. You know, I mean, I, when I start mixing, I like working on vocals first, always. You know, yeah, that's that's so interesting, man. That that's really, I think, out of Sam and I have spoken to to a few people now, right? And and I think that approach really reminds me of of the way that a director would, you know, ultimately, you know, basically realize the screenplay. Yeah. Like it, that's very much a parallel as far as approaches. And I've, I've never seen it described the way that you just described it, Joey, in that you have to see the, the content, the lyric sheet in front of you before you start touching it up. And what a, what an important way to, to sort of prioritize the, the important things before you get into to the nitty gritty of it all. yeah yeah it's always you know it just ha- helps you it helps a lot you know and, and 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 you know and it's um it uh you know that's one thing i definitely took from bob too is just the importance of uh you know the vocal sound and hearing each word and like you know and, and you know which helped a lot when you when, especially when you're dealing with something like um these big big lp productions where there's so much going on that like you know keeping that in the forefront and keeping that you know, uh, idea in the forefront is uh, something important because you could easily find yourself, um, uh, uh, you know, burying things or it, the vocals getting buried or, you know, it's just like a, one of those things. And it's, and, it's, and you know, the, his beat, the music is so dope. Also, it's hard, you know, if you, if you 
just kind of start working on a track without vocals, you know, and then, then you try to add the vocals later. It just doesn't work. You have to have it. I usually start with vocals <clears throat> acapella and then I bring the music in and then that's it. Like I try not to, the only time I really solo yeah. after that is if the, like I hear something that's um, I'm trying to find something, you know, I, I use the solo as like a search tool tool, you know, like it's um, if I'm trying to find something that's doing something that's causing an issue or something that I don't like, then that's when I'll be like, Oh, where the fuck's this coming from? And then, you know, I'll run down and, and solo, but you know, once the vocals are, you know, I feel EQ'd and mixed, you know, the, the, once you bring everything in, you always have to go back to them to 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 to, to yeah. adjust them with 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 the song. But you know, I, I always leave it leave them up so they never never stuck with that problem of being like um of gain staging and all of a sudden being like uh, oh fuck how am I going to do this? Like there's no way I just, you know I just buried myself. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's, and then you have no room. Yeah. You have no room for the vocal. It's like uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's I find like and I find like you know if you start with a good vocal like everything is just so much easier you know um it's it's just that's one of those things it's uh it, you know it's, and it's and it, you know it helps you um you know it helps you know make mixed decisions with the vocal in too like lyrically you know if you're going to do any kind of rides and stuff like that and just you know especially figuring out like delay stuff and throws and stuff like that it's it's nice having them there always and then you know then it's like a little bit back at fourth process and whatnot yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's funny. It's kind of like the Tom Elmhurst thing where he says, you you got to have your mix sound good in the supermarket speaker because all you hear is kick, snare, vocal, <laughs> and some music on top. Like, you'll hear a main motif on top. And I usually mix uh, vocals, drums, bass in, and then I put the main element in and then start bringing everything else to support that. And it's usually an easier process when you're not thinking about where in the hell is the vocal? Because, you know, that's going to be your first mix notes. It's always like vocal notes, music music notes, but it's always like if you got a singer or a rapper, it's always about that. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. the producer will go dive in and make sure that all the elements are heard, all the intricacies are heard. And that's it's really hard when you have such dense music, these micro balances that need to play within different elements, you know, like yeah. different hi-hat syncopations, different drum patterns playing off of each other yet you know kick number two maybe just doing some top end boost for the first kick it's 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 a very uh beautiful process of like just balance yeah you know it really is a lot of balance i see a lot of guys just eq everything immediately without even balancing the record first just yeah get the record up yeah get you know it up I mean? it's like you know like uh level and pen right before you EQ anything <laughs> if you could do it i mean it's always like that's a dope way to start um you know um i forgot that there was one the i forgot which how many faders he put but and it, you know, it doesn't apply to everything but i remember um uh don was the producer used to be around a lot with uh work with Bob a lot and i remember he remember overhearing those guys talking i was in the studio he's saying something about you know, um, you know, you should be able to pull up X amount of faders and the song should be there no matter what the faders mm -hmm. are, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just ha- you know, having everything working at the end of the game, you'd like you, you know when you're done when everything's just kind of just working with each other. You, you know the songs there. You could pretty much mute different elements or bring everything in, and everything's still working. And you know you could still hear the song without a certain element in it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that classic acoustic singer. It's like all you need is a great vocal and a great guitar. And you can just get the song message conveyed just vocally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I was wondering, you do you do more than just you know hip hop and and uh, rap music as well. You also do stuff for Disney. I would oh, love yeah. to hear how 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 that works and what that what that's like. Yeah, it's just like such a one eighty, you know, in a way. But but it's still like working on music, so I love it, and I, I it, it's it's kind of nice because it's kind of like a. It's nice to switch shit up, like and dip into that, like whole different world for what for 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 a minute, and then come back yeah. out. And um, one of my um, yeah, one of my good friends uh, that you know I went to, engin- great engineer, Dave David Boucher, um, where I went um, University of Miami with, and uh, and then eventually I went out to L.A. and then um, I remember. Bob's assistant at the time, Ryan uh, Freeland, was going, uh, he was breaking away and going to start engineering on his own. And they asked me to, um, you know, if I, I could recommend someone. And I recommended David, who was a year behind me uh, in mm-hmm. school. And he came out and then he worked for Bob for a long time. And then um, I moved to New York. And then he wound up, when he broke away with, from Bob, he um, he was doing his own thing. He's a, He's um um, like I said, he's a great uh, recording engineer and mixer, and uh, and he wound up doing a lot of stuff with Disney. And then, you know, Disney does a lot of work with artists on the East Coast. And then he recommended me out here to do um, to work with them when they're out here. They do a lot of uh, a lot of recording out here. A lot of like their um, uh, talent and stuff comes from like. Broadway scene stuff and, and, um, you know, vocalist wise and, you know, like, um, uh, Bobby and, and Kristen Lopez who wrote all the frozen songs there, they're in Brooklyn. Um, you know, for both, both movies. Um, I just was working with, uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn Manuel, uh, who's, uh, who's from, you know, New York city also. And, uh, you know, he wrote, um, he wrote, uh, Moana, you know, uh, all the songs from Moana. So I work with him and I start, I started working with him for a new movie just like literally the day before, like they shut the city down, <laughs> which oh, was wow. funny. Yeah. And it's a sick song too, but, uh, you know, I was, rec- was recording vocals with him and, um, yeah. So I just started doing, and, and, and my main gig with, with Disney, when I jump, I, I've, I've mixed some stuff also, but, um, like they had uh, some hip hop songs on one of the records, uh, that I mixed and, um, a Moana. So they have me mix stuff when it's in that genre, but the different thing I do with those guys when I'm on here is recording, which is great because it keeps me like sharp with that stuff. And it's a whole different skill set recording. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, 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 um, it, it's great switching into that, uh, to that, um, into that vibe, you know, and, and, you know, it's mostly vocals, but I actually got to do, I, for, um, the, uh, I did, uh, um, uh, for um, Incredibles 2 um, kind of like that like you know that old school uh, like Batman kind of sound 
like bam, yeah. bam, bam. Yeah. All, all, all big band stuff and so i got to record these nice. uh, this 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 basically was a big band for um a bunch of different songs uh that um if you if you watch uh incredible's two it's at the end but that was that was crazy but dope but working with um you know the all these horns and uh and and uh you know f- gigantic percussion and drums and f- the full on thing and you know i they um i recorded all the music for um a lot of the music for uh coco which was um uh it, it, and that was a ridiculous experience cuz they 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 brought me out to mexico and they curated like like disney always does shit like uh super authentic that's their whole vibe like you know like David tell, tells me, like you know, for like one of the Frozen movies, they needed like a for a little tiny little bit, they needed like some choir, and they could have easily got like you know, a ridiculous choir in L.A. to do this, you know, because mm-hmm. it was you know in the background and blah blah blah, and you know, next thing I know, Dave's like in Norway, they found this choir that would be perfect for this Frozen. You know what I mean? It's like they so they you know, they they had me go out to Mexico and uh, Mexico City and and. They had this curator who uh, curated the illest, illest, illest Mexican bands. It was like the like the oh, illest man. mariachi, the illest bandas, oh, the illest. Man. That's incredible. Yeah, all these these I, my, my jaw just like dropped. I was just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? And it was like, um, I think it was like two weeks of like, we had to record so much material. It was like two weeks of like I don't know eighteen hour days and, uh band after band after band but it was just like ridiculous it was such a great experience and had me appreciate all these different instruments like i, I came back like wanting to play like the accordion you know i'm like that you know it's like it's like these dudes <laughs> would just rock shit like so ill i mean and i got to you know uh record a bunch of instruments that uh, you know didn't have any experience recording and it was dope but it, it, it's a fun and, and like now a lot you know i work you know i have to record adina manzel and you know Lin Manuel and these, these solo vocals a lot now for Disney and um, yeah it's 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 a it's a whole different skill set but it's a lot of um, it's a lot of pressure it's like the, the, those sessions are always like um, high pressure and 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 whatnot but they like um, they like using me so I like I like doing it it's right. it's a it's a skill I feel that like is 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 becoming uh, um. Uh, more and more, I think, lost as years go on. Like, like getting a vocal, yeah. getting a vocal, just getting a solo vocal is 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 uh, a tricky thing, you know. And 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 it's it, it it requires technical ability, and it also requires a lot of people skills, you know. If you want, if you're going to yeah. have an artist that's going to want to, if you're going to want to get called again to do that kind of stuff, because it's like you know, you know, there's a difference between recording. Record, like recording a vocal, meaning getting the voice onto tape and getting a great vocal performance. You know, those, mm. those are two, those are two things that are worlds apart. You know, I mean, you could go into a studio and, you know, if, if you grab a 67 and, uh, you know, use it 1070, you know, 67, 1073 and a, a tube tech CL1B, you're not going to get a shitty vocal sound, you know? it's like yeah. it's like it's real real hard you know i mean you could fuck that up you know but it's it's like as long as you keep your level straight you, you know you know and then that you know as you get better and you, you understand the voice you're trying to record 
you could fine tune shit like, oh, you know what? A 47 is going to be better for her because of this. Then you start like almost like mixing as you're recording. But, you know, the thing that I always like focus, like when I make my mics, after my mic selection, I think that sometimes like the more important thing is um, uh, uh, working with the artists on a people skills level and on a, on a, and, and technical. Like, you know, I spend like an insane amount of time on the headphone mix. Like, like to, to, to me, like the headphone mix is the make or break of the session. Like, like artist comes in, puts the cans on, goes into the room right, right away there, you know, there's intimidate, no matter how big the star is, there's like, you know, you walk into the booth and you know, people are on the other side looking at you, you're, they're, they're, yeah. they're, you know, the pressure's on, I guess, like the, the quickest way to fuck up a session, you should just pack it pack it in instantly is if you fuck the headphone mix up you should just stop honestly and go home and and and, and um <laughs> and i always try to have like that headphone mix be like when they sing it sounds like a record you know like like there's like yeah. like the, the, from the go like there's no like oh a little bit higher a little lower like yeah it's it's just like they put it on you hit play and it's the 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 the, the, the music bed is perfect the vocals are perfect. I always sweeten the vocals, you know, nice, you know, delay, reverb, what, you know, just so they put it on and like, oh my God, you, cause you want to, you want to build that confidence from the first, from the get go. And, 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 you know, and, and, and that kind of thing is, is so, so important to have, to have, uh, to have dialed in beforehand. Like the last thing you want is, you know, to have that, uh, that bit of, um, awkwardness of, of, of talent coming in, especially when they don't know you. You know, and, yeah, you know, yeah. if, it's, if it's like, who's this guy I'm working with? Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And if you go in and put the cans on, you hit play and the, and the, you know, the music is too loud and they can't hear themselves. And then like, and then, then you try to adjust it and you fuck something, you know, it hurts their ears. It's just like performance. And right away you're like behind the eight ball big time, you know? And it's like, and then maybe they're like, Oh, I, you know, I got to step out of the room for a minute. You know what I mean? Then it's all, yeah. you're just like playing catch up the whole rest of the session, but they come in and put the headphones on and they're like, they go to like, you know, you play the beat and they go to rough it out and everything their vocal sounds great. And you know, it's the balance is not, not you know, you make, of course you're going to make some fine tweaks with levels and stuff, but it's pretty much there. You know, it's, it's, that that helps like what we're saying, cat, you know, that get a vocal performance, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, yeah, then, like, you know, you could have the best setup and then if the other shit gets fucked up, you, the, you know, they're going to be in a bad mood and you just, right there, you lost it. You're not going to get that performance, you know? And and, and, and and that's what it's about. It's all about the performance and knowing who the artist is and getting everything prepared. Yeah. It's like the story I heard about Sinatra where vice versa, they wanted to give him headphones and he told the guy to fuck off because he wanted to sing it live with the band in the room. Yep. Like he didn't like headphones because he, he didn't and he didn't like ISO boosts as well because he never had that growing up. He's like we, you don't isolate the singer from the string section. I'm up in front. He didn't like those, you know, one one engineer said he didn't even like to use 47 cuz it got in his way. He couldn't see the lyric sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they gave they, they gave him a handheld. They gave him a 57 and he killed it. Yep. And left. Went back, went yeah, home. Dropped the mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's it's it and and then you know on top of that, but then you have to have your tech skills and and, and you have to be you know, on you got to be on it and like, you know, and um 
you know, to me, there's like this, um, I'm snapping my fingers as I talk. There's like this, um, unheard, uh, unplayed metronome that's kind of going mm-hmm. off during the whole session, you know? Yeah. Even when, the, even when you're stopped, it's kind of like a rhythm, you know, and you gotta like, when, when, when an artist is in it, especially with hip hop, you gotta like, you gotta, you gotta feel that pace and that rhythm. And, and if they're like, yo, stop it here. Usually they want to be back in on a beat, you know, you know, yeah. you gotta be like, so you have to, you can't have that shit where it's just like, yo, you know, yo, take me back to bed and punch me in there. Boom. You know, it, it can't be like, oh, uh, you can't be like, oh, where would, where, where do you want to go? Oh, what, where was that? Oh, oh, bar what? Oh, uh, it, it, that you're done, right? Right there, you just lost. Oh my god. You know what I mean? You, so you have to, you gotta like, it's almost, you know, how they have like, like look at, look ahead. Uh, yeah. I always try to like, you know, it's almost like you want to look backwards, like as I'm recording. You, you, when you know your sounds in, you kind of want to, yeah. especially if you're not that familiar with the song, you want to like look at the waveform as you're recording it and make mental notes like where things are so so when the artist is like take me back to you know take me back to cat and punch me in right before you know where that if you, if you start jogging around finding that shit you're done you know you're <laughs> done yeah it, it, it's just like you know and i think i read i think i read an article with i think it would might have been with alex about him recording with someone the, the speed of he was, you know, he, he, he was tracking with like, you know, some of these, like, you know, the current trap guys, like, you know, future, um, uh, young thug, you know, stick songs more like in a session at night and, and they yeah. move at an insane pace and you have to be able to, to do it. And also like, you know, and I also, will, you know, I don't have any ego about like handing the, the Pro Tools op over to someone who I think is faster. If 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 it's if it's a fast art, you know, I'll be there and you know. But if like say like some there's some ill dude, like if I'm coming out of mixing a record, and I feel my recording yeah. skills uh, um, are, are have dipped a little, yeah. And it's someone I know. Like if I go over to, if I was at Avatar, you know, the uh, uh, power station Berkeley, you know, whatever. It's one of the guys I work with a lot. Their assistants who and these guys are like you know usually ill and they usually know more shortcuts than me because once you get into your zone like you just don't these guys are always like on it i'm always like hey man you want to drive and then you know i'll just be right next to them and i'll tell them and i'll keep that rhythm going you know with them and i'll be like punching out boom like you know just to keep you know but if i feel someone's faster i don't have um or you know i don't have any problem letting them drive for a bit because you know it's like anything you if you when you stop doing one thing for a bit you know, things are not going to be up, up to par. So if I feel, oh, you know, if I ever feel yeah, that way. Yeah, like leg day. You can't skip leg day. Yeah, you can't <laughs> skip leg day, man. You know, and, so. Uh, <laughs> and I, I always yeah. come back from those things. Like, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, like Pro Tools has a new comping shit? And like, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, dude. You know, so it's kind of, it's it's kind of a different skill set. But I I, I, I like, I definitely like dipping into that, Um, you know, you know, every once in a while. It's kind of like live sound almost, you know. when <laughs> It's like. When you when you're mixing, it's a whole you know you have you know you it's just like you and the music and it's 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 live you know so you, it's just a whole different uh, it's a whole different ball game. Well, you know we we spoke a lot about the uh, creative side. I would love to know the business side. You know you're with GPS management, correct? Oh yeah. Do yep. you feel like having a management company in in-store house helps you work better? How how do you guys? 
deal with the do they strictly deal with all the business and you do the creative? Do you guys collaborate with your manager um, on records? Yeah, well, th- those guys do everything like pretty much, which is which is real nice. It's like you know they've been in the business for a long time, so it's it's a couple of different things. You know they have good connections in the industry with 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 a lot of different labels, both like major and indie. They have relationships with A and R's, so you know they have your name out there. Like when they're taking meetings with these people, and there's a new artist mm-hmm. coming up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Joey would be dope with this." So that's that's you know that's one thing looking out for. And then the other thing, and but I also get a lot of requests just through uh, social media. You know what I mean? Hey Joey, blah blah. blah how much do you charge? And it, and it's always um, uh, nice to push that to them because then they handle negotiation. They handle. Um, they handle everything from that point. They handle negotiation. They handle uh, billing. They handle. Mm-hmm. Um, they have in, you know in-house legal, so they they handle the contracts for the points. They handle. They handle everything. You know they like you know, and then they just they, they just um, you know direct deposit your 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 you know invoicing. They 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 they'll they'll chase people if they need to, and you know it's it's a uh, it's a nice thing. You know you know obviously you're giving up a percentage, and sometimes you know. There's a thing where it's like someone hit me up personally, like on a, on a text, and you know, you pass that off, and you're like, oh man, like you know, you know, people think that way, like, oh, why should I give the, you know my manager X percent if these guys came to me? Well, they're doing a lot more than just finding you. They're not supposed to find you all your work, you know. They're handling like a lot of uh, to me the like you know, obviously I didn't have a manager for you know a good amount of years and. I hated doing that shit. Like I hated uh, 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 talking about money. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like one of yeah. the most unmusical things you could do is like is like quibble about rate and then start working on an art. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. It's just it's just fucking hard. I hate. I just and and I I used to get to the point where I'd be like, all right, all right, I'll do it for this. All right, yeah, blah blah blah. Then you just, all right, let's make this record now. Like it's just like it. it you know, it was always like a yeah. rough thing and. And then I found also like working with these guys, like they would, uh, they would get way better rates than I would ask for. So they already made yeah. their money back then. Like I'd be happy doing a, a record for X and they, and then they'd come back and like, we got this. I'm like, Oh sick. And they're cool with it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, all right. You know? <laughs> and so it's, you know, cause it works, you know, it's for them. It's good too. Cause you know, they get a better rate. They get a percentage of that. So everyone's, you know, happy. And then yeah. I would have settled for less. So I'm happy. So I don't mind them taking the percentage because it's more than I would even ask for in the first place. So it, it um, it works out. It's, I, I think if you could do it, it's good. It's good to separate the business and the, the business and the, and, and, and the, 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 the working, but then, you know, again, it's, um, again, you know, you have to, uh, you know, financially be, be, you know, knowing that you're, you know, it's, it's like anything you're paying for it. Right. It's like, it's a service and it's, uh, and, um, you know, but you can't expect these guys to like get every gig for you. So, but it's just like, it's just uh, taking that whole other thing, you know, off your plate, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joey, the, the question I had was, you know, every, every journey is different, but I was just talking to uh, to some producers who who've done a really good job for themselves 
in the business. And early on, they were talking about, you know, when they got their first pub deal, they were starting off by, by taking what they called brown paper bag mm-hmm. projects. And, and while those were ultimately very transactional, it's what, it's what kept your yeah. boat afloat. They ultimately learned the most from that journey because while it was transactional, while it wasn't the most creative or inspiring gig, you learn a lot of skill sets within within the, the confines of that particular mm-hmm. situation. And, and was there something or a, a lessons that you learned in, in a chapter of your life where you were doing those kinds of gigs that ultimately made you better at what you and, and, and just to be clear, like the type of gigs of what, like just like kind of uh, like cash on demand? More like more like deals where it's just they, they have a bag for you and they're willing to pay you the full rate, but but they're not they're not the best mm-hmm. artist or they're not the most talented yeah. individuals. They but they do have the money yeah. to pay you. Yeah, I mean working in New York and coming up in New York, like there was a lot of that when I was starting. There was a lot of uh, you know you know, there was a lot of cash that couldn't go in the bank, put it that way. And uh and and, yeah. and, and uh I wound up doing some records and some, you know, everyone wanted to, you know, dabble in some, some making hip hop records or rap records. And, you know, like, like, just like you said, it was just like, all right. And um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, put this way, you know, I always put like a hundred into everything I, I do. So we, we would figure out how yes. to um, get things sounding good. And, and, and I would, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, have have people re-kick shit, re-record shit. You know, after after like that. You know, yeah, they, they, it was good. It was like like you said, it, like with those guys, same kind of story. It was like challenging, but you learn a lot from it. And you know, ultimately, you, you feel good helping people out, also too. You know, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, um, yeah, I think everything's. I, I think it's like. I mean, especially when you're starting, you know, try to do as much shit as possible. I mean, that's the whole thing is just like hours on, you know, like, you know, it's, and, 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 and the most shit, the more shit you, you, you come across, um, you know, the more stuff you, you, you know, the more experience you have, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, you know, and the better, I think the, the more you move along in your career, it's funny. Like, yeah, it's like things, you know, you start working on records that are recorded better and you have better sounds and like that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting kind of looking at, at the sort of different dots within your journey that you've outlined for us. And, and what I'm realizing thematically is that you're, you're in particular somebody who was able to, in any given moment, listen to, to his gut. And understand that if, if you felt like you have to be somewhere, you have to do something, you know, whether that be moving from L.A. to New York or knowing that, you know, if, you're, if you can't record as fast as somebody else, you have to pass it off to keep the rhythm going. It's, it sounds like you have a really good grasp on on, you know, when you have to shift gears, when you have to move. And I feel like that pivot is incredibly integral to to any successful career within the business. Where, number one, do you think that comes from? And number two, what's, what's your rhythm like right now? Because we're aware that, that you have a family. and um, You know, where it came from is uh, I, 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 think it's, I think it was kind of like an inherent thing because I was born in New York and raised here. And, my, you know, 
my dad had his own business also. So I kind of, maybe I saw like the, what he was doing and how he, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a parallel thing. He was, you know, in a way an artist, he, he's an architect and I saw him, you know, dealing with clients and, and being able to shift on the fly. I think, you know, working for yourself, you, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's one of those things. It's like a kind of a core thing that kind of, um, um, you know, gets embedded in you. And, um, yeah. you know, and then, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, the, the you know, like we were saying, like being able to shift off or hand things off. It's like, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's like, you, you want the client to be happy, you know, and, uh, uh, and if it takes doing things, you know, shift, you, do, you just kind of do, you know, it, it, you kind of feel it out as you go along, you know, it's nothing that's really planned. You know, it's kind of one of those things that's just, uh, um, you know, at the end of it, it makes everyone, um, everything better, you know. You know, guys that I work with, like if I have to shift something off, I always make sure they get the credit they're supposed to get. You know, I'm very, very, uh, very, uh, 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 I always follow up on that kind of stuff and make sure like people get, you know, if, some, if someone steps out of an assistant role and they're actually doing like Pro Tools recording, try to get the, like try to get them a, you know additional recording by credit, just whatever helps people out, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and now Absolutely. it's just, I mean, it's it, yeah, things have changed a bit with the family, but it's um, it was harder when I was my studio wasn't you know where I live. I mean now, like I you know I'm in a you know which was a this was a guest house. I turned into the studio, you know, I could, uh, it's nice being able to pop back and forth. You know, I could see, you know, I see my daughter all the time, but sometimes it's hard because she's like, you know, I'll be working on something and she wants to go jump in the pool and I can't say no. And you know, it's, 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 uh, (laughs) but you know, it's nice not having to like, you know, drive a half hour or, you know, taking the whole community out of things is, um, you know, is a nice, nice type of vibe. And it's, it's nice being like, um, just having everything local and, and not having to rent out a, uh, a spot to, to have the studio in anymore. Um, so yeah, having the home, I guess that, that would be like a pace change thing is having a, you know, a permanent, like, like this is the first time well, when I, in the early, early days I had my studio, I, um, it was right after nine 11 and I, and, uh, I moved actually downtown after that and, and uh, got a great deal on a, a loft um, <clears throat> down in Tribeca in, um, and I had a studio. That's where I had my first like in-home, I guess, studio, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. I mixed a lot of records there. And, um, and then, then from there, um, I moved to like, diff- like more like just like living up. It's you know, I was with my girlfriend at the time and we just had like apartment. I had my rented spots out from my studio. Cause I couldn't like be up having, having people come, come over like all night long, like <laughs> mixing and recording and shit like that. Like, you know, but so, um, then I was in a, you know, so then I was renting forever, you know, especially in New York, you know, the main thing is like the noise also, you gotta have a place that's, and then, and then when I split to uh, come out here, this is when I'm back, like in a kind of like my studio is like closely, it's close to my home, like an own thing. So it's kind of nice, nice vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, th- this is probably, might be the most important question <laughs> of the day. Um, 
how many times have you and your daughter listened to the Frozen soundtrack? <laughs> she, you know, she, uh, uh, it, I mean, I don't even, I, zero, I mean, I wish there was a count on it, but it's like, it's, it's, it's in the hundreds. And I hate listening. A lot of times, it, <laughs> a, a lot of times, like, I mean, it took me a while to even watch Frozen after I was done with that. You know, it's just like, you know, you'd wake up, you know, I don't know if you've ever had these dreams being working in music, but there's a point when you're working on projects where like you're working on it so many hours of the day, you start having dreams about Pro Tools and shit. Have you guys had that shit? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. you're like... Command S. Yeah, Command no, S. you're just like, it's, it's, it's just like, it was... Um, it was so I, I it's and then but now she's you know she sings i mean she knows it and then of course she you know she tells her little friends my daddy worked on these songs and blah, blah. and then it was funny last i didn't even know there was shots of me in it but i guess um one of my uh uh one of my uh, uh friends uh sent me a screenshot a couple of weeks ago of course with like a an explicit saying, you know, look at this, whatever I saw on my television. It's a picture of me like in the studio with, you know, Bobby and Kristen, you know, recording uh, frozen two. And I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell is that on? And, and apparently, mm. apparently um, if you have Disney plus, there's a, um, there's a making of frozen two uh, documentary. And, mm. and, uh, and, 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 yeah, you know, if you, if you, if you want to see some pictures of me, like, like stress, and then, Stressed out, you'll see it. It's uh, we we we, wa- we watched it last weekend. She's like, "There you are, there you are." You know, it's just, it's just some shots in the studio. I, they had some shots of me recording one of the songs in there. Um, so she, lo- yeah, you know, she. It's for her, for a girl. You know, she's gonna be sick. She, she's like the fact that I work on these, you know, Disney movies, and you know, I worked on you know Moana. Cook. She's yeah, she's all, you know. In, um. So as she got older, like especially Frozen two and you know, Moana and stuff that the more recent stuff I worked on, like I had, to, I have to keep shit like wait. Cause you know, a lot of times I'm editing stuff at home or tuning vocals or doing something here, you know, when I'm more, in, doing some Disney stuff and, uh, you know, I can't let her hear a peep. She's real good already at like, uh, picking up melodies. Like she'll pick a melody mm-hmm. up after hearing it once, you know, I'll hear her like, like, well, you know, I'll be driving her to school and like, I'll have like the, um, you know, alt rock serious st- station on and like on the way home, I'll pick her up and she'll be humming one of the, the, one of the hooks. And I'm like, what is that? And she's like, cause I'll be like, I know I, that's, I know I heard that. And she's like, Oh, you, this, this was on the radio on the way, you know, when you dropped me off and I'm like, damn, like, so I, I gotta watch it. You know, I got, wow. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> like, you know, and you know, I, you can't let any of that shit out of the bag, you know, uh, Disney wise, it's so top secret, everything. So, you know, if she, if she popped in the studio and heard like, you know, into the unknown hook while I was working on, she, you know, she, she'd be in school, like singing it. And be, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'd, I'd be in trouble somehow. I could picture like, you oh, know, man. getting rolled up on by like the Disney, like getting blown away by Mickey Mouse, like I'm taking the garbage out, you know. <laughs> Bob Iger knocks yeah, on your door. Yeah. And tells you, Why didn't you give your daughter? Yeah. Just yeah. a drive by, you know, Disney drive by. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy with this COVID thing to see how everything shakes. I know everyone's schedules are all crazy now with this thing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild out there right now. And, and, you know, we're wishing everybody the best and it sounds like you're doing, you're doing quite well. And, and amidst all this, while 
it could be challenging to various degrees. Um, what do you what do you think is is sort of your your next pivot? Is it is it just to to keep being a part of amazing musical moments, or do you have any larger goals for yourself and and for your family in the near future? Um, I think it was like the first thing you said. I kind of just like go with 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 um, you know stick to what I'm doing now, and because you know uh, I'm enjoying it and. I got some like tech stuff I want to start working on and I want to, I keep saying I want to do it and I'm going to, I want to try like, I guess project wise it would be like a goal for me to get into because I have to really sit down and do it. And I really hate like seeing myself and hearing myself talk. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. but I, I think like, you know, and my manager and everyone's telling me I need to get into this, like, um, especially now because it's been picking up with the COVID shit, like the, um, you know, doing the Twitch videos and like, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, question Q and A's and, you know, all that stuff. Like I need to get, um, I need to get on that. So that's probably my next technical, like when I'm not working on anything, I'm going to start getting together a little system to get that happen. I know Alex is on that. I've been seeing, checking his out yeah. and, it, and it's great. Yeah, and, I, on it. and I like helping out like, you know, sometimes when I do these talks and there's a bunch of young guys like, you know, in, in, in school, like full sale or whatever, those type of programs, I always like helping out whenever I can. And, you know, some, you know, I did like a talk at uh, a couple of years ago at the, um, I think it was MixCon or one of those. And, you know, I hung around for like, I don't know, like two hours after I was done talking and just answered everyone's question. I, I, I think I, I, don't know, I, you know, I just like helping, helping, um, helping out and giving, you know, any info I can to, to, to the next, uh, crop of people. And it's, it's, it's nice to see that it's, you know, an active, you know, people really into it, you know, I mean, that's the plus too. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you're looking at the bright side, there's a lot of music coming out. People are still making music, you know, I mean, stream mm-hmm. streams are like way up now during this shit. You know, the, the, the numbers are crazy. I remember talking to Joe Laporta who, uh, mastering engineer i use for a lot of stuff and he was just saying this you know this, the, the numbers are crazy you know because a lot of people are home so you know the music business is uh is is going to keep churning you know it's just um it's i i have no faith i mean i have faith that it's gonna you know come out fine you know it's just uh might be a little um different but i think it'll be fine and it's it's um and people bounce back, you know, I'm sure this shit's going to hopefully, uh, get taken care of in one way or the other. And, um, you know, cause you, like from just like skimming along online, looking at YouTube and hits and stuff, I mean, people are like yearning from it. And you, you know, when shit like this happens, um, you know, one of the few things people have to, to give them comfort is, 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 is music, you know, and entertain. So it's like, you know, having the artists like keep making it and, and, you know, keeping the ball rolling is, I think is it's an important thing to just to give back, you know, you know, just to, you know, if it helps someone that's, that, that, that's has, is having it rougher than you are, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, it's great that you could do that. You know, it's, uh, it's, um, it's one of those things, you know, that they, they, they say that, you know, through, even through like the depression, great depression, stuff like that. It's like, you know, that's always like a f- entertainment always is what's gets people through things and always like seems to do well during hard times, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had wartime records 
in the 40s to boost morale. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, the, this conversation has been great because, you know, even during this quarantine time, me and Max decided to make a podcast based on our, our group and the sharing of information. And I thank you so much for your time and your, your, your story is incredible. And, um, thank you for uh, sharing it that with us. Oh man, no, no worries. It's, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was great doing it. You know, great to, I'm looking forward to, you know, meeting you guys, you know, once, um, once this bullshit's over, you know, you roll up, <laughs> r- roll up here. I'm, I'm so close to the city and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, man, yeah, it's got to happen for sure. That's definitely going to happen. Stu's, tr- yeah. Stu's yeah, trying yeah, to get everyone to move to L.A., yet. though, so. Well, he's conv- he convinced me, like, <laughs> last week, we were talking to him for, like, almost two hours or something. I know. Was, I was like, uh, show me his place. I'm like, dude, I got to go. I know. Same thing <laughs> with me. I was talking to him, and he's like, Joey, man, just come out here. Come on, man. Everyone's out here. I'm like, ah. <laughs> he, 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 he showed you the vineyard, right? I mean, he loves showing off. The yeah, vineyard. the vineyards and the horses and shit. Uh, the horses. Stew. I know, I know. It's uh, you know, especially now, like we can't go to our favorite margarita place out here. It's, well, actually, I wonder if they're open. They might be doing a. Uh, they might be Shop doing off, right? outdoor, outdoor, uh, outdoor dining. I kind of like seeing the outdoor dining vibe in the city. Let me tell you, I hope they like let that shit stand when the stuff's over. It's kind of, you know, the, the kind of expanded outdoor seating and shit. It's kind of nice for this time of year. It is nice. It's cool. It's cool. I, I've seen a, a few places where it's real ratchet and they have like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's, you know, people doing, getting real creative. Yeah, and I have there. friends in the Lower East Side and I, they, they, I see that like their Insta everybody's got got something going on and and i think in the end of the day it's because people just crave it was, the, it was uh, like straight mardi gras it's like it's like oh my gosh <laughs> it's like a block party you know so it's all ends but you know people gotta people gotta wild. people gotta unwind somehow right that's incredible sam you want to close it out yeah well you know thank you joey for your time and, and your story again and uh yeah you know this is for anyone listening you know your journey is constantly changing you're constantly writing different chapters it's all about keeping the ball rolling you know and staying optimistic during times where it's really really hard so um thank you so much joey yeah oh, my pleasure guys you know anytime thanks thank Joey. you thanks all right talk, us, talk to you guys Appreciate soon you. all right talk, talk soon, soon. Okay, bye